Welcome to Adult Fluent. I'm Kizzy, your host. Some say being an adult is like folding a fitted sheet, trying to make sense and order out of something that wasn't meant to be perfectly folded. The goal of the Adult Fluent podcast is to make your learning curve of life easier so you can become adult fluent and not only fold that sheet, but breathe easy knowing you don't have to have all of the answers because no one does. So you are in luck. Our guests include those who have appeared on Tiwa Gary V, an Ivy League professor who started out as a rapper, a podcaster with over 3.5 million downloads a month, a successful movie actor, TikTok influencers with 1 million plus followers, those who've battled depression and won, and real estate investors with tips to create a real estate portfolio from nothing and more. If you'd like to learn how to become adult fluent from real people with real stories and with real tips, you're in the right place. Otherwise, you might as well stick around because you've come this far. Let's get started with the episode. Hello, everyone. My name is Kizzy Dominguez, and we're here with Tamar Weinberg. I am so excited to have you here today. And she is entrepreneur, mother of four, and has this amazing perfume brand that I cannot wait to hear more about. Hope and now I'm gonna have to get some at some point. So please, please welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Kizzy. I am so excited to be here. I'm excited for you to be here too. So oh my goodness. So you started a perfume brand. Like you gotta just I just got to dig right in. What does that entail? How did that happen? So first of all, you, if, if you're watching a video component to this, you will see that I'm kind of like hustling here. I'm yeah. podcasting and I'm pouring. And I, I don't, there's a long story to it. I'll explain why I started Perfume Brand because I think that's important. Right. I've been in the startup ecosystem for uh, over a decade. Wow. Uh, actually, probably for about 13 years or so. Um, and really had an experience of, because I was in the startups, wor- startup world, you, if you're an early employee at a startup in particular, you have the ability to kind of do a lot of things. So I was, um, you know, I had the experience to basically, I mean, I did everything like I did, uh, all it was, it was an online company. Fortunately, I've been working remotely for as long as I have. And, um, you know, that, that experience really gave me the, uh, ability to understand like how to, how to run a company. I, mm. I did like legal communications, business development, sales, marketing, support, training, all of those things gave me good, good, good foundation of starting a business. Never thought I would do my own thing because I don't have an idea. I don't have the funding. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, fast forward, um, seven years later, I started having children and, um, was actually had to make the difficult decision of choosing whether work I was working from, uh, I, I was working from home and eventually they decided to, uh, bring everything in house and I thrive in working from home. I also lived a little bit further than everybody else from the office and it just didn't work. And I had to choose to be a parent then to, mm-hmm. um, you know, I chose my career, I chose my family over my career. But uh, fortunately, I found another remote company where I kind of did the same thing, like training 50 people remote global. It was amazing. Like, and, and yet I, I knew I always wanted to kind of do something in like a leadership position. But every time I wanted to work at a company, people are like, you're a generalist, which means you generalize in a lot of different things. You're not you don't have any like I'm not a specialist. I don't have a specialty in things. I'm like a jack of all trades, master of none. I know how to 
run things. And yet I, again, I never thought I was going to start my own thing, but fast, well, let's backtrack to when I started having kids and I had post, I actually had a postpartum depression. It was an undiagnosed postpartum depression that started at the birth in 2009, the birth of my firstborn son with, uh, and then continued. I would like, like I said, it was undiagnosed because I didn't have an understanding that I was there. It was mild. Like I know what moderate to severe is and I wasn't there. I was, it was like, I wasn't happy, but I wasn't like sad. I didn't really derive moments of joy. And eventually, you know, my son's three younger siblings were born in 2016, his youngest sibling was born. So I, by then I had four children and I ended up hitting a rock bottom. Mm-hmm. I became very, um, it was, there was a, like a codependency part that like, I just felt like I, I wasn't being served. So like, I, like I thrived on like hook latching on to a relationship that ended up being uh, detrimental for me in all ways. And that uh, culminated with a hitting basically a complete rock bottom because like I was basically, I was, I was feeling like I could be like uh, I was being helped. Um, like I, I felt great in the beginning because I was helping somebody, but that eventually that person like started like, like it's like being clawing out of a hole. And I was like trying to climb out and eventually my hands were getting stepped on and I was thrown back in the hole. So my rock bottom was a very, very, very devastating moment for me. I called it my own trauma. I use the word tragedy uh, because of how it was like, you know, for me, it was my tragic moment. I try to be a little more mindful of that phrase because I have a friend who experienced a true tragedy of losing her own child and you can't like, there's no comparison. But then again, like I, I've been actually trying to explain that everybody experiences their own traumas and their own tragedies in their own way. And that could be their own, you know, but I still want to be, you know, cognizant anyway. Yeah. It's a little sad, but where does everything change and where, where, how does my life, like where, where does perfume come in from here? So as I was in my rock bottom, I was, you know, I woke up, I went through the motions. I basically would wake up, show up for my kids, but like, you wouldn't like know that I wasn't really there. Uh, and then I would retreat to my bedroom right now where you see I'm in, I'm in an office. I'm in a bright office. It's like a nice room, but like I, I have an upstairs bedroom. Was it like hunkering down over a laptop? And that was my life for while I was suffering. And um, I was going to um, I like, and then one day I ended up finding a vial of perfume. I, a little size, it's basically just a little smaller than this. Okay. I actually have there. And here they are. They're like the, these. I find I found a little vial of perfume like this, and I put it on, and um, it changed everything for me because at that point I was so depressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not invested in what you look like when you're depressed. You certainly aren't invested in what you smell like. So that was everything for me. Like I woke up, I was literally wearing like oversized shirts and ripped. The sweats and Crocs and socks and socks and Crocs and, and yoga <laughs> pants that like their pajamas now yoga pants that were ripped to the bottom. I didn't care about, I wasn't invested in myself. So I definitely, what do I care about? Like, you know, I smell and thing is that perfume in general is a very sexualized seductive product. You wear it because if you look at the marketing, it's all about oh, let's be sexy for somebody else. Somebody will say, Oh, you smell good. You smell good. Great. You know, and that's the thing. I don't mind that. I, I don't mind if somebody says I smell good, but I'm not putting on perfume. People really see perfume 
they're not buying it for themselves. I guess they, they think they smell good in it, but they're not the, I think the average consumer, I believe the average consumer. And when I've spoken to people, they tell me I buy it because somebody else wants it. What about doing it for the reason why you want to do it? And I think that that for me was a turning, like a, like literally was a life-changing experience. When I first put on, put on the perfume, I was like, I want to live again. And I got excited. Like this was literally after, you know, nine years of like my rock bottom. Uh, well, my, nine years of the depression and then the rock bottom. And I got excited. I started going to Sephora. I like bought, I started putting on perfume. I sprayed perfume all the way up, like basically up here. Like, you know, and give myself experience. People probably thought like I smelled like this, like, like a marshmallow or something. <laughs> you know like whatever and then I started learning that like I got really excited about some and I was like not so excited about the others and then like you know half an hour later I'd be and I'd be at the Sephora if you're familiar with Times Square in New York City and Grand Central Times Square and Grand Central are in two parts of like on 42nd Street they're like uh, different sides of the city and I'd be at the Sephora and Times Square but then I'd go to Grand Central where the trains are to my house and I'd be like halfway on the train and I'd, it's, it would smell different because perfume has like a life cycle. There's top notes, there's middle notes, there's bottom notes. And all of a sudden the middle note starts to show and it's completely different than the ex experience when you put it on. And I was like, oh my God, this smells amazing. But I'm like halfway home on the other side of the city. Like you, I couldn't get there by then. I was like in the Bronx. I was like, oh no. Like I got so excited about perfume. Like it has these life cycles. There's like, there's things to it. And I was like, this is really cool. So yeah, besides going to Sephora, I like bought uh, lots of samples on like, you know, like not like this because these are mine, but like on eBay. And I, I took advantage of like the buy nothing and the free cycle groups. And I asked people, are they giving away perfume? And if people were giving away perfume, I'd be like the first one to grab them. And I got like, so enchanted by scents and every single scent I tried with the exception of like a few that I guess don't chemically agree with me or whatever. It's like cilantro to my nose or something. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> How do you describe it? Uh, for the most part, I got really excited. Like every single time it was different. And I want to, the reason why I say that is because a lot of people say scent is tied to memory. And maybe that moment when I woke up with scent, it was like that previously that experience tied to the first time I ever had it. And like life was uh, like, it must've been like, it, it, it brought me back to that nostalgic moment. But I realized that every single day I tried a different perfume, it was the same experience, the same, like living again, living again, living again. I don't think it was that. I think it does tie, it does have a nostalgic purpose, but it's, it's about the experience of like living with like, you know, this mindset and perspective. So, okay, so fast forward. So how do I start a perfume brand? Because this is the longest answer you've ever heard. And it, it's not really tying it into anything ever. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I spent the rest of the summer kind of exploring perfume. And I met, I actually met somebody on eBay who was selling perfumes. So I'm like, let's partner up. It was really random, but it was cool. And we did sort of for a while, but she ended up having to kind of do off her, you know, go on her, on her own and do her own thing. But um, it was just amazing. And like, you know, eventually I decided what I'm going to need to do, um, is start a perfume brand. And I mentioned to like think on Thanksgiving day, um, I went to my brother-in-law and sister's house for Thanksgiving. And I said to them, I'm launching a perfume brand. He's like, you should call it Tamar. So I'm like, Hmm, I own Tamar.com. <laughs> it's my resume right now, but I might as well make it into a perfume brand. And I could teach people how to pronounce the name because no, not everybody, everybody does. So there you go. Now you know my backstory and why it's 
not Tamar, and it's actually tomorrow, like tomorrow without the O at the end. And I said, I'm going to launch like that was that was November of 2018, January 2019. I, I had I had an idea of I'm just going to, you know, reach out to perfumers. So what you see with me doing here is like I'm not creating this on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I reached out to a perfumer. He basically I contracted. I said, here's what I want based on the experiences that I had with all those Sephora and eBay and everything else. And I said, I'm going to launch two initially because one is just one and it's to like give people choices right three might be too many for my budget because i'm small and i'm bootstrapping and we've been building it since so um in may of this past year i did a soft launch of a crowdfunding campaign with basically that whole story the fact is that you know i was planning on launching this regardless probably in march but then the pandemic hit and i actually got covid so like it things changed now i'm fine thank god i'm fine but you know, like things, obviously the perspective, like my, my life, like every, everybody's life has been derailed. I mean, right. might be the only exception are the people who are living in these remote forests who are like <laughs> isolated from everything. And I said, you know, I am going to launch uh, this, this thing right now because we need it for ourselves. We're at home and we're not taking care of ourselves. And this is when we need to start feeling good. Self-care is not selfish. So let's, let's do this thing. And there's a really long answer to my question, but hopefully it's been fun to listen to. No, it's 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 been awesome because I think many think, or it seems that you have to be in the industry, that, oh, you have to have this perfume background and the fact that you, you know, that it came from this place of pain. Right, right. And, and it's, it's clearly your passion. I, I, I think that's phenomenal. Well, thank you. And, and you know, how, you know, because you, you mentioned so many, so many things that I've just really just, oof, they're all, I, yeah, I love it. I love it. It's like, so in my mind, what, what's a perfumist? Who is, what is, you know, how did, how, I mean, you may have to break it down because we, oh. as a consumer, you know, I've, I've gone, I've been to a Sephora, I, I own different perfumes, um, but, you know, it's just like, okay, well, I get it in the store, <laughs> I have no idea, like, what, you know, what, what's a perfumist and how does it get to where you have it right now? So um, am I able to share my screen? Um, I know I it's a weird. That, no, perfume. no, I think that's awesome. Hold on one. Per- yeah, you should be I'm able gonna to share. I'm going to share something for a minute. I think you should be um, able to. This is a social po- post that I have. Let me find it. I'm going to explain why it's relevant. Okay. Yeah, you should be able to. Let me know if you share this, if I can. Let me see. This is going to be fun. Yay. All right. You're going to see a couple of pop-ups. Oh, you know what? Yeah, all participants. Mm-hmm. Here we go. You see that? Yeah, yeah. This is my perfumer's. Um, it's not perfumer. It's perfumer. He. This is his lab, and this is his assistant. So you zoom in, and it's basically like from, like, like this guy's room is all the way across, you know, from ceiling to, I guess, to halfway on the, to the floor. That's what it looks like. It's like essential oils, essential oils, essential oils. And this is how you make perf- perfumes. So that's the, now I have to figure out how to stop sharing. Uh, that's, that's the story behind what a perfumer, perfumer is. So basically it's not me because literally if you see that, you see that screen, that would set me back for like like a decade in our research and development. 
And I wanted to do this and I wanted to do this now. And obviously that would be a lot of investment. Let me hire someone with the expertise mm -hmm. and have them do it. And that's what I did. So there are com communities online where people are creating their own perfumes. Um, you can either do something that, that to me would be like essential oils and it would be like a waste of your efforts because, you know, like you just think about it. If you mix like a bunch of colors together, eventually you just get brown or black. Or you can get somebody who already has that, has already done their browns or blacks. It's like, you know, you hire experts, experts. You, you can either paint yourself or hire an experienced painter. And obviously, you know, that's what you're doing. So I, I decided to outsource that and I am the brand and I'm the story behind it. Uh, but people do it all the time. And there are communities, like I said, there are communities online where you can find perfumery people or you can probably figure out how to do it yourself, but you just have to buy all those materials. And like some things are like, like a tiny little like size of whatever, like if you have like this much stuff could be like literally thousands of dollars. So let him do it himself. And I just do my own, like, here's what I want, make it happen for me. And he iterates for me. So I tell like, like, this is actually, I think this was like iteration number 10. Um, so he had sent me stuff and I'm like, this is too strong here. And this, this, I'm, you're not getting, you're not giving me enough of like the smoke and you're not giving me enough of the vanilla and like like because i had a, like my two perfumes right now one is a smoke and a vanilla and one is a pear and patchouli so the pear and patchouli in particular was very patchouli heavy but yeah. it wasn't pear heavy and i wasn't get like i wanted a little more of it skewing toward the pear because i think it would be a little more mainstream even though these are very niche types of products so you know those are the types of iterations he's in california i'm in new york um so you know, it was obviously a little bit of a, of a, you know, just like, they, obviously it's not the easiest, but like at the same time, I think it's, it's beneficial to, um, to have, uh, to, to do that, you know, and, and to have somebody who's doing it, even if, even if they're not like, if you, if you get the right guy and they're far away, you know, it's just about shipping FedExing everywhere. Yeah. And how, so who is your, cause you said it's niche, like who's your target market for the two fragrances? So... I right now it's a unisex perfume brand. So my target market is basically anybody. And that's what I love about this, that I um, I feel like this is literally anybody deserves to feel good for themselves. It's not like my kids are excited about perfume now. And I, you know, I was like a couple of years ago, this didn't matter. And all of a sudden it's like, I, I'm like, I'm so super excited about, um, you know, like I put on perfume and my kids are like, I want fume, you know, my four year old. So like, he's like, fume. And, and, and he's, he's all about this little apple shaped perfume because it's like, he loves it and it's just cute and everything. Okay. Because you were, you were talking about the fragrances, you're talking about how they're unisex. How did you even like know what to even ask them to put together? as the fragrance? Is it just based on? It was based on my experience of like what I was ex like trying out to that point. Mm. But like, for example, and it's also like scents that I really liked. Like I'm, first of all, I want everything to be hundred percent original. Okay. I don't want anything that's based on like what's in the market. Uh, I don't like, you know, it's funny because I reviewed perfumes in the past mm -hmm. and they're very mainstream. Like I say, this smells very mainstream. I don't want to be mainstream. Like, it's like walking into a mall and smelling yourself. Like, I want, I'm not trying to be completely deviated. Obviously, mainstream is important because that's maybe your bulk of your audience. 
Right. I, I want something that will still make you feel good. Um, when I was growing up, uh, smoke was a like something that I loved, like walking outside and or visiting like New York because I grew up in Florida and smelling like, you know, the chimney smoke that that I would get when I'm like in the in the winter months. And I was like, oh, I want that so badly. <laughs> and I wanted I couldn't figure out what it was. And then one day I was at a, at a restaurant and my friend decided to get like this peat, the scotch, like with a peat uh, smell on top of it. And I was like, that's the smell I want. He's like, you should call it. You, you got to ask for Pete. Because I asked the guy. He lives in Southern California. He also has the same issue as me. I don't really know. <laughs> like, he, he he doesn't know what chimney smoke smells like. Yeah. So the he's like, he, he got some Pete. It's not like 100% the scent profile because it's so hard to replicate. It's like there's a brand that does Play-Doh scented perfume. It doesn't smell like Play-Doh. <laughs> but, you know, it's sort of the same idea. But... Like it, it's close. And I mean, this is, this is what I'm working with right now. That's, that's, this is the one, I mean, we're, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident with it. it. It smells good. It has a nice, it has really nice notes. It's like, it's subtle, but, but like powerful and, and it, but it's, 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 you know, it's powerful, but not overpowering as well. And that's, that's sort of why I'm doing this here right now. I didn't create this. He sent it to me, but it was too overpowering and I had to basically dilute it. So I diluted and now I'm refilling these bottles so that I can start fulfilling my initial orders because I had a crowdfunding campaign and I have purchasers who want to have it. So that's what this is all about right now. And and then how do you dilute it? So uh, he sent me alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, the base of a perfume is alcohol. It's like they're oils. It's perfume alcohol water perfume and that's really that's that's what it is um so yeah yeah i mean but but it was all of this ended up like well i don't i don't know anything about patchouli like you asked me three years ago like to look at to identify patchouli i still don't think i can identify patchouli in the wild but like i i knew that these smells were really nice and they might blend really well together so what i had was i want pear i want patchouli he's like here's what i think goes well with that mm-hmm. what complements those let's make it all happen that's what it really was um and that's that's why you want an artist or a scientist whatever you would call this kind of person to kind of like do your thing yeah because i mean i i wouldn't have i would have no clue i would have no clue where to start or what goes well together and yeah that's where you start. You start buying stuff and smelling stuff, and then you you get some some uh, an element of like I guess you would call it the foundation. Mm-hmm. This is my foundation, and I mean I certainly still like I don't have the strongest nose. To be perfectly honest, I don't. I use like I have what I believe is a really strong story. I think that COVID ended up affecting my smell a little bit because oh, no. my husband and daughter, who seem to they never got it. They they're typically a lot more sensitive to things that I can't smell, which is crazy because I'm the perfume person in the family. Yeah. yeah. But listen, if, if I can, I mean, I, I've, I believe that these are really strong. I know people, I've gotten feedback. I've market tested this. I went to like Times Square and Bryant Park and all these areas to get some insights from people. Um, and, you know, that gave me some very like insights and, you know, and maybe I won't, maybe I won't be the strongest nose in the book, which is unfortunate because I've been kind of robbed from that. But, 
I, like I said, you know, it ultimately is about a story. And it's about how you're doing it for yourself. Yeah. I'm really, I believe that this is disrupting an industry that needs to be disrupted. We need to do things because we deserve to take care of ourselves right now. So right now we feel like crap. And that's, you know, that's, that's my, that's my, that's my motivation here. It's such a great place to, to come from because it's just, you know, again, going back to being a consumer of perfume, it's like either connected to a celebrity or to a brand. And it, there's really no story other than what you see in the ad. I've never really come across a particular fragrance where there's a compelling story like your experience. I've, I, I don't, I've never really come across that. And it is needed because it's, there's so, there, there's so many. Right, fragrances right. and, um, you know, and you end up smelling like, um, I don't know. It's it's a lot. It's a mall. The mall. <laughs> like this is this is. I would say on like this is fortunately not a mall. It's like you're not gonna get something that you've smelled before, and that's sort of like why I like it. Mm-hmm. Some people will say it reminds me of this. It's but you know because that's again scent is so nostalgic. You can't avoid yeah. that component. But I believe also that I think there's you could create new memories. And I, I make this, you know, right now, this to me is going to be complete direct to consumer brand with with a mission, with a with a mindset. The packaging is going to reflect that mission. We, you know, there's an education to this because in general, perfume again is not seen as a product that is for yourself. It's not you. You don't wear it for yourself. I'm trying to actually, and I, like I said, you know, in terms of the education, I'm trying to normalize wrist sniffing. You do this throughout the day. And all of a sudden, like it brings you back to the moment. It's funny that I, I'm, I'm going to say, are you, are you familiar with calm and headspace and meditation in general? Yes. Okay. So I actually think that my biggest comp- competition is calm and headspace, not perfume brands. And where is that coming from? Because for me, I, I'm into that. I'm into like, you know, all the life improvement hacks that I can adopt. I am a paid member of Calm. I've used Headspace. I think I did a paid trial maybe at one point. I actually, no, I did do it. I paid for a year at Headspace many years back. And every time I go to it and I think I'm going to be in a better place. It's like when you watch a movie and you don't get it the first time, you're like, maybe I'll watch it the second yeah. time. and I'll get it. So it's like Headspace and Calm and meditation. It's all the same idea. You're there for about like, you sit for about 10 minutes. And after it's all over, you're like, what did I just do? <laughs> You're like, maybe I feel better. Maybe, like, like you try to convince yourself that you feel better. But what if I could say you can do that like that? Two seconds of sniffing your wrist, it grounds you in the moment. It brings you back to the present. Then you go and do your own thing. Minimal friction. And this is, I'm trying to create new, 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 new I don't know, neurons, synapses, like firing off where that association is different than how we've ever seen it before. Extraordinarily, extraordinarily early adopter mindset here. But I always was. I wrote a book on social media marketing in 2008 before it was a thing. I wrote a book on genetic genealogy to much of these people in my, in that uh, space's chagrin because uh, chagrin, but uh, like they were just uh, like, you know, I, 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 was, I was disrupting a couple of, I, I always, I'm, I'm disruptive, I guess. I've been an early adopter in these things for a very long time. I think 
this is a battle that it's almost like me, myself, and I mm-hmm. fighting it right now. I think we will get there. Yeah. But I'm super confident. And and I know, like, I just, I just believe that I, I want to help people. And I think this is a very easy way to help people forget the medication. I was on medication. I was at a psychiatrist. I was seeing a psychiatrist, not a psychologist, a psychiatrist, the, the more expensive guy right. twice a week. I was on a cocktail of medications, six or seven different medications specific to anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. And what was the thing that helped me? This thing that I have here. Yes. Are you wearing something? No, I was, well, yes. I have some lotions, different things on and yes. Good, good. So start thinking about it that way and tell me that it, people have come to me and said, I appreciate how you shared it. It's changed me already. I actually have had people say that to me. I have had people come to me and say, listen, perfume and cologne has also cured me of my, made, got me out of my depression too. So like, I'm not making up a story, but it's funny because like, I have, a, I have a, a very, very bright cousin. She's like, we're in the same industry. Turns out we met like many years prior to, um, prior to like knowing that we were cousins, we met like in person oh, and okay. I realized that she's my cousin. I'm like, Oh my God, cousins. But like, <laughs> like she, cause she's in the sort of like the social media marketing industry, which is sort of like where I came from. And like, I can tell by her sentiments that she doesn't believe in this idea. She's like, it's going to be so hard to do They'll do it. And just like, I'm like, you don't believe in me. That's okay. Cause I believe in me and I believe that this is going to happen. It's just that it's so hard because it is an education. It is a shifted mindset. And I'm early at things all the time. I know the, 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 the power of this. I, there was this coach I was working with and she, she would, she said, she said, you know, that I should look into additional fragrances or to spray something. And I started doing that. And I, I mean, and it's, it's something that I use quite regularly because it does, it does help, you know, people, you'll continue to educate them. Right. I know I will. Because it's no different than, and I see it as it's no different than lighting a candle or a room scent or anything of that nature where someone's trying to, in you know, impact the mood or, or change some, maybe the way that they feel or they burn some incense or something. It's like, right. that's the notion is you're taking this amazing, unique fragrance, these two, you know, your fragrances and you're impacting our well-being and our mental health. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I have, um, you know, I, I like to, I like in this, you know, people say, why, why don't you just like, you're an essential oil, you're like an incense, but I'm like, you're carrying this with you and you're doing it all the time. And if it's strong enough, you smell it, you put it on in the morning, you'll be able to revisit it throughout the day. You know, you forget that it's there. The thing about essential oils is that you forget that it's there unless you stick your nose directly onto like the essential oil thing. And I do that sometimes. Like I have to, like it's, we, we, we we're psychologically, psychologically or biologically, whatever we are, we're wired to be anosmic, which means that we lose our sense of smell after we've been exposed to something for a very long time. It's like, seriously, if you're in a room with like, I don't know, if you're in a stinky room, eventually you're going to forget that the stink, stink is there, you know? Yeah. Or it could be in a good room. We forget to get that it's that you're you're surrounded by all this amazing stuff. Um, it's the same idea. But if you like, that's why you know, going like this. If you do this, you're gonna forget eventually. But like, you could revisit that throughout the day, and that's the whole difference to like going putting on incense in the room 
and all the things because you can't carry it's not portable i mean it's sort of portable it's not portable you where did your resilience come from um so i think it's the recovery of um the depression to be perfectly honest i don't think i was i was i literally think i made a 180 like I would not have been a, my friend to like, you know, three years ago, I did not like myself. I hated myself. Um, but what I started to do when I started feeling like I wanted to live again, I started, I adopted the idea of like embracing scent. That was the first step. Um, that was about September of 2018, December of 2018. I decided I was going to, um, adopt a mindset of reading every single day and running every single day. Mm. And I can't say I ran every single day. Uh, I would walk, get steps in like, like sometimes I would do a little jog. Like I would make sure that I showed up to have a non-zero day. If you're familiar with non-zero day, Google non-zero day, one word, non-zero day, N-O-N-Z-E-R-O-D-A-Y, no spaces again on Reddit. And you'll find this, like this guy, he was like, I don't think I was like, he was also like up, upset with this life. And they're like, just make sure you do something, get like a score of one versus zero. Like just know that you're doing something. So me, my non-zero days are like reading and running. Um, and I've been running, like, I mean, I've, I can't show you all I could, but I would screw up the camera. There's a bunch of like little, uh, race badges. So I started running, did my first 5k in March really slow because I ran on a treadmill at three miles per hour. And I didn't realize that's basically most people's walking speed. And, um, but I, I showed up and I started like, you know, every single day I was training and I continued and I kind of like, you've been doing, like I did my first 10 K a few weeks ago. Um, so like, I'll, like, I'll like, sometimes I say it's not running, but it's like showing up. So I like last night, like I did a two mile walk in the rain, but it's like, I, you know, saying that I can, um, the reading thing is, is like, when I say reading, it's not about like reading a nonfiction book or fiction book about like Little House on the Prairie, which is all really nice and jumping into fantasies. But for me, it was about finding books that really embrace the uh, objective of like resilience, I would say. Like I've read a lot um, of self-improvement and personal uh, growth books. Robin Sharma is one of my favorite authors on that. He's a really, really good author, uh, you know, on this mindset of like being like a leader without a title like i don't need the i don't necessarily need the um the approval i don't need the accolades i, I don't need um all that um but i do like like to make sure like I, I like doing a lot of things behind the scenes and um for me you know that like he, he talks about a lot of things he talks about, there's a book called a monk uh monk without a ferrar uh the monk who had a Ferrari is a guy like, you know, is a, basically a dude who's living for money and basically decided he wants to live like just chill. He wants to kind of like take a step back. And that's sort of like something that I've embraced mm -hmm. um, that I it's for me, it's about being happy with who I am and really kind of using that as a as an impetus to be a better version of myself. So, you know, like I started adopting all these things and getting a little more open and vulnerable as like, that's how you found me. And I mean, I've certainly dealt with a lot lately, you know, like my COVID experience, I live in New Rochelle, New York, that if you Google it was the first city in the United States 
that shut down due to the pandemic because a member of our community, a man that I know was known as the index case, patient zero, if you will. And I don't know if I got it from him directly, but I got COVID through somebody who was in touch with that individual. And I have no regrets, but like the aftermath was like starting to, you know, deal with like helping my community. I, I actually uh, worked with like a number of restaurants. I've brought over a hundred restaurants to my driveway because they're struggling and because people in our community in the beginning really needed to eat because we were all in quarantine. Mm -hmm. So, and then I sort of started to maintain that and where things happen from that, like it's a thankless job. People give me hell because they're like, I want it this way. I want it that way. I don't want to use this. I don't want, I want it to be in this. Like you, you started hijacking everything. You started taking over. I'm like, they're contacting me and they want to use a central drop off. Like everything is think like the, I was accused of stealing money in the beginning. Like, I mean, no matter what you do is good. You'll always deal with some bad, but that's, that's, that's where you have to be strong. And I don't know if like, again, going back three years ago, I don't think I would have had the strength to do any of this stuff, but now I'm, I'm happy that I'm like, I'm happy that I'm where I am. Mm -hmm. Basically I, you have to train your mind to do it though. You have to surround yourself where going back to the resilience, uh, to just you, you, like surround yourself with like, you know, affirmations and it's cheesy because, you know, you have to kind of be willing to receive that. But I have like a little decal in my bathroom that says, be awesome today. Yeah. I have in my Facebook profile that I'm a fitness buff. I don't know if I am, but the fact is that I say that I am. So I'm showing up to do fitness out these days where they're not running, running or fitness. It's like I work out every single day, seven days a week. Sometimes it's a little like it used to be like I really break a sweat. Nowadays, I think I worked my body so hard that I'm lucky if I do my two mile walk. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, these things, it took it takes a while, but it really it's it's like going to a book that I highly recommend, James Clear, Atomic Habits. It's about making small changes that will hopefully make this larger impact in your life. Long answer. It's a, it's a great answer because it's. Yeah. It's, it's those steps. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like what you talked about where you're doing something. It's not a zero day. It could be a one day. You're doing something. You're putting out there. You know, I like to, I look at it as manifesting. You're putting out there, but with what you have hanging up, what you have in your Facebook profile. And it just, it just really has an impact on us. It has a huge impact. Right, right. It is you. You have to. It's psychologically suggested. If you tell yourself, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna state one more thing. I had a friend who, like, he's been seeing my social posts, and he's been saying my brother is going through a really hard time. Mm. We lost our mother in 2019. He's going through marital strife, and he just had a heart attack. He's depressed. What can we do for him? Okay, I'm not trained in this at all, but I will say that depression comes from what I would consider the, the big word, the R word, rumination. When you start to ruminate on things that are unfortunate in your life, it becomes a manifestation of your physical and your, your psychological. So this individual, and that's how I started get, that's how I got depressed in many ways. I, I would like say to myself, this is the end of the world. And once you start thinking end of the world and the world and the world, your brain will convince yourself. That's what they tell you. That's why they have the opposite books. When you start reading Think and Grow Rich, The Secret by Rhoda Brin, like Burn or whatever, you know, th those things, it's all about how you 
train your brain. It's the like it's a lot easier to think about it the other way versus to think about growth. I don't know where I am in terms of thinking grow rich, but I'm starting to think that way. And I'm hoping I'm feeling better, richer than I ever was before. Whether or not I'm financially richer, like the way that they could communicate that, you know, we have to have a follow-up podcast yeah, in a few years when this, when this business really takes off. But, you know, it's, it's about manifesting the, uh, your, who you are. It's a manifestation of how, what you believe. And my suggestion to his brother, it was like, right now, and once you really, really let that rumination take over, mm-hmm. it's very hard to break out of that habit. Yes. It's preventing and stopping yourself before you get there. How can, can this guy start reading affirmations and believe that's going to change him? No, he can't. Unfortunately, can't. You need to have something that kind of like is that impetus because you're going to be like, this is all BS. You're going to feel like these affirmations are not like, I don't believe in it. And that's, I've, I've certainly tried affirmations when I've been depressed and I haven't been able to embody them, but now I'm in a different place mentally. So like, you know, but you got to get to that place mentally and you have to be ready. You have, it's like, it's literally like getting a guy in rehab they're not ready. They're not going to, you know, be seriously, seriously uh, recovered unless they're like, they're ready. They were, they were ready for it in the beginning to begin with. Otherwise they're just going to relapse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we have this special portion of the podcast. Mystery question from the fishbowl. Oh, oh really? So you got how many of them do you have? Several in here, but you get them. At okay. least I'm going to pull one out of here, see what we come up with today. Oh, let me do this one. Okay. Okay. Oh, what is this one? Oh, okay. What are you most curious about now? Um, I think, I think my curiosity, let's think about this one. What am I most curious? I mean, I'm curious about how the world works. I'm curious about, you know, where we are as a human species. Uh, if we're, if we <laughs> destroyed the world for each other, like, I, I don't know, you know, I'm going to take a tangent. I don't like, you know, I am going, I'm one of my side hobbies is genetic genealogy or genealogy. Okay. And I love like learning about my, distant cousins and finding out like people that I know are cousins and married into family. Like I, it's, it's, I've, I've re- I learned that my, a friend of mine from camp married into like, you know, my, my fourth cousin once removed, which is like really random. A member of my community is my fourth cousin twice removed. Like, I'm always curious about that. I think I'm curious, I'm really not sure how to answer this. I'm curious about humans in, in so many different ways, behaviorally and how we, like looking at somebody from like a family tree perspective, you know, how they turn out. And it's weird, you know, going into genealogy kind of gives you perspective on like the things that we're so like lucky that we have, mm. um, especially when it comes to like vaccines and all these like things, like just imagine how many of like our great, great grandparents didn't make it to adulthood to have us. And you have a newfound appreciation for, you know, where we are in the world. So the answer, the answer to your question, it doesn't directly answer the question, but I like to see things from like this long longitudinal perspective that gives me a curiosity and, and at the same time, an appreciation 
for where we are and who we are. Um, and I'm curious to kind of see what, like how we turn out as a, as a human species. And if we're, if we're really destroying the planet and if we're going to be around in a long time, I doubt it. I'm, I'm making this family tree, but I can, can't imagine that, that it's going to have so much value in the future because I think we're, are, we're destroying the planet for grandchildren, I think. But that's, that's where the curiosity lies. Is that really valid? Is that, it's a very doomsday philosophy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a good curiosity to have around humans, human behavior, genealogy. I mean, it's, there's so much that's available now that just why not take advantage of it? Right. And I, and, you know, I majored in computer science and I minored in psychology. I do believe that this is a psychological play here, but genealogy gives me a perspective that I'm able to see things on that long-term basis. And I, I have an appreciation of that. Uh, and yeah, it is, it's, it really is interesting um, to kind of see that from like the ancestral origins and if you will, going to today and what could, what that could look like in the future. Yes. You know, there's some things I like going back to vaccines. There's also things like seeing some people like having structure in their lives and see like where they've turned out. And some people don't, don't have like their, their, that, that, that structure like changes every, like it, 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 from that historical perspective, you could really see like where you are. Mm -hmm. It's it's just, it's really interesting. It's very interesting. Well, I am, I'm again, so grateful for you for being on the podcast. How can people find you? Where can they go? Where can they purchase your fragrances? Yes. So, um, I am so appreciative of being here. Thank you so much. And they can buy this concoction, maybe this exact one, Probably not because I'm not selling these, unfortunately, because the packaging is, you know, really perfecting the, the packaging here as a trying to improve and iterate. Um, my brand is Tamar.com. You can buy the product on Tamar.com. The, you could follow the brands on LinkedIn. Believe it or not, I actually do post on LinkedIn. The company name is Tamar, T-A-M-A-R, period. It's uppercase. The whole word is uppercase. LinkedIn.com slash company slash Tamar. Um, Instagram, it's Tamar Essences. Twitter, it's Tamar Essences. Uh, if you want to follow me, myself, and I, I am Tamar on t Instagram, and I am Tamar on Twitter, and I, you could follow me, I think, only on Facebook, Facebook, fb.me slash Tamar Weinberg. Oh, wow. Well, I love it. I love all the options, and I really encourage all the listeners and viewers to take a look. I know I'm making, I'm, I'm going to buy something. So I really, I love this. I can, again, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Adult Fluent Podcast hosted by me, Kizzy. Thanks to our special guests for sharing their story as I know you found it valuable. Help us to continue to share our message by practicing SRS, which stands for subscribe to the Adult Fluent Podcast, review an episode, and share Adult Fluent with at least two of your friends or two people you kind of like. By subscribing to the Adult Fluent podcast, you will receive the latest episode to keep you inspired and adult fluent. Until next time, remember, everything is possible.